This episode is brought to you by The Prepared Company. The Prepared Company helps wills and estates lawyers by providing a secure, white-label platform to manage and distribute your clients' digital records after they pass away. Passwords, cryptocurrency, photos, legal documents and more, you can now provide a safe and secure way to pass your clients' data while also protecting their privacy. Bring your estate's business into the 21st century with The Prepared Company. Mention the Doing Law Differently podcast for 20% off your business subscription. You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm your host, Lucy Dickens, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Philip Evangelou, the director of Open Legal. Phil has first-hand experience in starting multiple businesses, and he now uses that expertise to help other entrepreneurs start, scale, and grow their businesses with Open Legal. Open Legal are a full-service commercial firm that services clients all around Australia, Their team has lawyers, paralegals, and a software developer that's helping to streamline their customer relationship management and service delivery. Phil and I start our conversation today by talking about how his experience in establishing his non-for-profit social enterprise and his candle importation business have helped him with some of the skills that have really set him up for success with his law firm. He's obviously doing something right because he and his co-founder have grown the business and now have five full-time staff within just 18 months. We also touch on digital marketing and on Open Legal's use of technology, and in particular, why they chose to design their own software solution rather than buying something that already exists. And the reason why they chose to do that might not be what you expect. And as is always fun, we finish the conversation with a chat about pricing as Phil shares how Open Legal's subscription pricing model operates and his plans to expand it into the future. One of the things I particularly like about that conversation is how Phil reframes my question about whether in part the subscription model that they have at the moment operates as a loss leader to help introduce other business to the firm. And he tells me that actually they like to see it as an investment because they're spending time and resources investing in their clients as opposed to seeing it as a loss leader. So I think that's a really nice way of framing that type of service. So have a listen to see what Phil has to say there. As always, if you enjoy the episode, please leave a rating and review or go and tell your friends or share the episode on social media somewhere. It always helps to spread the word and let other people know about the podcast. If you're looking for help or guidance on how you can do law differently in your firm, get in touch if you need a hand through some business coaching or through my Productize and Profit program. And you can find out more about both of those things at lucydickens.com.au. Now for the interview, here is Philip Evangelou, Director of Open Legal on the Doing Law Differently podcast. And this episode is brought to you by The Prepared Company. Enjoy. You're listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast and today I am joined by Phil Evangelou from Open Legal. Thank you so much for joining me, Phil. Thanks for having me, Lucy. It's a pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. I'm really looking forward to learning more about you and your business. Let's start with an introduction that always seems like a, a sensible place to start. So tell us about Open Legal and your role there. 
Sure. So we started Open Legal about 18 months ago. I was one of the co-founders. My business partner is called Ezra Sarajinsky. And the way it started was I had finished my contract, like a short-term contract, and was basically unemployed. And that's exactly when the pandemic lockdowns were happening, uh-huh. so around March, April last year. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So I thought, why don't I just start a different type of law firm that's progressive with um, Ezra? So that's how Open Legal was born. It's amazing. The The interview that has been published just before yours was with Alistair and Shona Wells, who are based in the UK, and they also started their law firm during the lockdown in the UK. So I wonder how many businesses have started as a result of the pandemic and lockdown and people re-evaluating what's going on. And obviously yours is one of them. So that in itself is an interesting story, I imagine, starting a business during a lockdown. Yeah, it, um, it was challenging. But we found that a lot of people during lockdown were actually looking to start side businesses and side hustles. So we found a lot of our clients were people that already had full-time jobs, but because they were working from home, they were like, well, now's the time to start my own little business or now's the time to start my like, property investment portfolio and I need to set up structures to, to do that. So we found that there was a lot of activity actually during lockdown in terms of startups and that's one of our target markets. Yeah, so in that in that sense the timing was probably pretty spot on for you. You mentioned just before though you said I was I finished my contract I was essentially unemployed. I don't know if that's technically correct because you've just told me before we started recording that you're actually involved in two other businesses <laughs> and not for profit and a business that imports candles and fragrances. I'm really interested in tying together some of that. I mean, how have those businesses and your role in those businesses informed your current business with Open Legal? Yes. So about three years ago when I left London, I'd been working there for about four years in litigation funding and I felt a bit disconnected from the world. So I thought, I really feel like I want to go overseas and do some good. So I've signed up to a program called Nomad MBA and I basically travelled to Southern Africa for three months with 30 other international students and we studied a particular new skill that you can do from anywhere. So my skill that I learned was digital marketing. So I basically found this toy making shop in Cape Town, which was basically run by Indigenous women there, locals. And I took them my logo of Cupendo Kids, which is the name of the social enterprise, and said, oh, I want to create like children's toys. So they created a prototype for me. And then I thought, well, I'm going to use my digital marketing skills to launch this. And then basically for every toy we sell, we also donate one to an orphanage in South Africa. So um, that was launched in 2018 and it's still going and now we're evolving it into bracelets that children can wear. So, um, yeah, same concept, but basically we're trying to create jobs in South Africa but at the same time bring joy to children both in developed nations but also in developing nations. So this is your social enterprise. This is a not-for-profit. It has nothing to do with law. But it's clear right from the beginning when you said the skill you chose was digital marketing, you know, running that type of business and being involved in delivering the digital marketing is obviously 
those are skills that are absolutely going to help you with a brand new law firm started in lockdown. Exactly. How have those things, how do they relate to each other? How has that experience helped how you operate at Open Legal? Basically, learning the basics of digital marketing has helped me create a platform in which to build up a client base and also nurture those clients and then build a brand as well. So it's such an essential skill to have these days for any business. So I thought, I think that was a definitely a building block that or a stepping stone that helped me launch or give me the confidence to launch a law firm that mainly focuses on building a client base through digital marketing. And likewise, I use the same skill in the in the candle and fragrance importing business, which is still going. And now that those fragrances and candles can be found in over 20 retail shops around Australia and New Zealand. So I've gradually built that up over time, but with a joint venture partner that I have now, which helps me run that. Yeah, and helps you, I imagine, split your time across all these multiple different things. You need to make sure you give us the link, particularly for the not-for-profit. Send us the link to the candles too. I'm all about nice nice smelling things. But give us the links. Let me include them in the show notes because I'm sure other people will be intrigued and like to check them out as well. So make sure you send them to me. I'd love to include them. What were the types of skills you could have chosen to spend your time learning about when you did this Nomad MBA, which, by the way, sounds really fascinating in itself, but... Yeah, so the other options were UX design and I think the other one was learning how to build websites, so website design. So um, there were the other options, but I was attracted to the digital marketing because I had actually studied marketing at university, but when I completed my marketing degree, digital marketing wasn't really a thing. No, I can <laughs> imagine it's changed like, shows a lot. my age. <laughs> <laughs> but mar- marketing is one of those industries that moves really, really fast. You need to be in it. Even things like Google Ads, our involvement in, in Google Ads, that's changing. You know, it seems like every week what you need to do and, you know, that Facebook algorithms for your Facebook advertising, all that kind of stuff. You really do need to be on the ball. So it's a sensible choice to keep you up to date when you're about to start marketing. Well, a new law firm as well as some other businesses. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely an essential um, skill, I think, in helping us build Open Legal. And, and we've been able to build it to a point where we now have five full-time lawyers working for us, which we've achieved in the space of 18 months. So we're quite proud of our growth in a short space of time. Yeah, that's very fast. I actually didn't know that your business was only 18 months old. And when you mentioned that just before, one of my first thoughts was, wow, you've grown quickly because I knew you had a handful of full-time lawyers. So how have you managed the business growth then? How have you found it? Sure, it's been a journey um, in terms of kind of learning on the job because this is the first business that I had where I actually employed full-time staff. So it's all about not only the marketing side of things, there's also like people management, building a culture, setting your vision, mission and values, and also operational things like managing cash flow finance all those types of things so it's probably the best way to learn how to run a business rather than actually do an MBA to just dive oh, in yeah. and and do it yeah for sure I think the hands-on practical skills beat the classroom learning type thing any day I mean there, there of course there are advantages to doing an MBA or that you know other types of learning and education but yeah I think when you're actually in it in the thick of it and you're forced to deal with and confront the challenges 
and the opportunities, you know, every single day, then that's really when you have to figure it out, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I was quite excited to learn that you have a software developer as one of the staff on your team. I was excited to learn that because we also have a software developer. There's been, um, we've had a software developer or the business has employed a software developer for many years, I don't know, 15 years or so, I think now. And he plays a huge part in the success of our law firm. So I was interested to learn about your software developer. I don't know your developer's name, but I think he's a he. I think he's a male. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's David Alexander. David. I don't want to jump to, yeah. you know, <laughs> make right. any assumptions here. Um, but I thought, I, yeah. thought, I saw a photo on the website. So tell me about David. What's his role in your firm? So David has helped us build a practice management platform for our law firm and a CRM, which basically manages also our invoicing, time recording, automatically creates folders on our cloud drive as soon as we open a matter. So it's a really efficient way of managing new matters. Because we have high volume, it needs to be user-friendly and easy to use. So we've got over, I think we've serviced over 500 clients or so. So there's a lot of new new files and new matters opening all the time. So we needed something that was capable of doing that. And David has helped us build that over the past 18 months. Why did you choose to build that yourself from scratch as opposed to use something that was already on the market? What were you looking for that was different? My business partner, Ezra, doesn't like paying for software. Right. So... <laughs> He primarily built our website himself and he has also engaged David in helping him build a similar platform in a, in a previous law firm. It's a law firm that Ezra is still involved with. It's a migration firm called Pocket Legal. So carrying on from that, we basically customised one for our firm that was suitable for commercial law. But the long-term vision is actually to take that IP out of our company and put it into a special purpose vehicle and then look at creating a software program, cloud-based, of course, that can be licensed to law firms around the world. So um, that is our long-term vision and we're looking at getting finance or joint venture capital to be able to achieve that. Yeah, great. Wow. That's exciting, isn't it? I mean, I've only ever worked with practice management software that we have designed. And so if I ever need a change to it, or if I want a new feature or anything at all, I'm lucky enough to be able to walk down the corridor and go chat to Brad, who's our developer, and explain what I need. And there are so many advantages in being able to really, truly customize the technology to suit the way that you do business. And I think that's often one of the things that gets overlooked when we hear, you know, like the buzzwords around new technology is people expecting to be able to find a silver bullet where they can just buy something and install it in their firm and it will change their life forever. Whereas it doesn't really work that way. You, you need to be able to adapt the technology to suit your business practices. Yes, that's right. And I feel like it's a continual project of continual improvements and tweaks and adjustments and getting Absolutely. it to a point where it's super efficient. Yeah, for sure. There's always room for improvement, isn't there? But that's the same with most things we do, whether it's software or anything else. Yes, of course. And how long have you had a software developer out of interest in your in your firm? 
The firm had begun building our practice management software, I think it was in 2005, before I was here. And at various times over the years, we've had different numbers of developers on the team at the moment. Our practice management software is called Contacts Law. It's used by a handful of firms. Because it was started in 2005, it's a server-based platform and we're in the process of bringing it online, making it a cloud-based platform. Okay. But I love it. I, I rave about it all the time because I think it's one of the things that makes our law firm what it is. It's, it's excellent software. We can talk about it more sometime, maybe be interesting to see the similarities and the differences in what we've kind of been working on. Yeah. Now... It was Karen Finch from Legally Yours who introduced the two of us and you're a member, Legally Yours. Yes. Which means many things. You're part of their great community, but also I know that it means that you offer fixed pricing because that's one of the things that all of the Legally Yours members have in common is that they offer fixed pricing. One of your pricing models that I'm interested to explore is your subscription package, which is something that we're starting to hear more about slowly in the legal profession. So tell us how this works for you at Open Legal. Sure. So at the moment, we've got one package that's available, um, which can be purchased directly online off our website. And it's basically $99 per month plus GST. And you get unlimited calls to a lawyer to discuss any commercial law matter and while you're a member, so it's a 12-month membership that you pay in advance. And because you're a loyal member of the open legal family, you also get a 10% discount on any projects you instruct us to work on. So we're, we're adding value by removing the barriers to access to speak to a lawyer without having any fear of, you know, this is going to cost me hundreds of dollars just to have a conversation with a lawyer. We're removing that barrier. And basically giving them a discount to reward them for their loyalty, being their go-to legal team when they have a legal issue in their business. Yeah. One of the challenges, one of the things that people are often interested in with subscription is how do you know what to charge? And I mean, $99 a month is a very low entry price. How did you come up with that? And how are you measuring the success or the effectiveness of this of the model? Yeah, so we looked at what the other competitors in the market were charging and there are some competitors that are charging more than that and there's some that are charging less. So we're sort of like in the middle, but effectively we look at how many signups we're getting each quarter and then looking at ways to increase that every three months. So the idea is to try and get close to 100 signed up in the next 12 months and then that way we'll have regular calls from our clients, building the relationships with them and getting regular work from them. Yeah. So are you seeing it, I mean, it, does it operate almost as a loss leader or, or not really in that way? Well, we don't see it as, as a loss. We see it as an investment in building relationships with our clients. So it might be a loss in terms of the time spent in talking with our clients, but we don't see that as a loss. We see it as an investment in building the relationship with the client. So on paper, it probably is not profitable, but in the long term, it is going to be profitable because those clients will keep coming back to us for, for the long term. Yeah. I like the way you flip that. Let's not think about this in financial terms as a loss. Let's say this is an investment in our clients and in it's another, I guess, almost type of marketing, although maybe not quite, because like you say, you're building the relationship. And I guess also what you're doing is you're encouraging clients to contact you at an early point 
Whereas then if, if they were concerned about legal costs or they were concerned about not having a lawyer to contact, they might wait until a later point in their journey or in with the problem or with whatever issue is that they need support with. Whereas now you're encouraging them, look, it's it's all included, give us a call. Yeah, that's exactly right. We don't want clients waiting to the last moment to or wait to put out fires, so to speak. We want them to be proactively contacting us so we can try and help them solve the problem earlier rather than later before the problem gets worse, for example. What type of reaction or what's the feedback been from your clients who have signed up to your subscription package? They like the fact that they can book in a time to speak with us at their convenience. It's just a matter of them clicking on a link and booking a time in with a lawyer. So obviously, if it's urgent, they can call our direct line and speak to a lawyer. But generally speaking, if it's not urgent, they can just book in a time that suits them through a booking link that we provide them. And the feedback is that they like that, that they can just reach out to us and have a chat to us about. It could even be just to be a soundboard on something they're thinking about in their business. And, you know, we help them sometimes make help them make a, a decision by asking them some questions and telling them about potential risks if they choose a particular decision. So sometimes they just call us and, and use us as a sounding board and we don't mind that. We like, we like it when our clients call us. Yeah, well, exactly as you've said before, it's about building the relationship and the more you know about what they're trying to achieve in their businesses, the more you're able to help them with the services that you offer. Exactly right. What's next for your subscription model? So I think what's next is we're looking at designing subscription packages that are suited to larger organisations that have in-house legal teams. Basically, something that involves a package of a certain number of documents being included each month for a fixed price that they pay each month um, over the course of 12 months. So basically, it's almost like a retainer model, but, but at a fixed price, and you know exactly what you get within that package. So we're currently in the process of doing some market research as to what type of package there's demand for and what would be perceived as good value for that target market because at the moment our main target market has been smaller businesses you know one to ten employees but no in-house counsel but now we're sort of looking at creating subscription packages where there is like a single in-house counsel or a really small in-house legal team that needs that extra support I imagine that already having the package that you have already, the subscription model that you have already, is probably going to be really helpful with that market research because you've already got your clients calling you at the early stage. That's helping you to understand what their needs are, which I'm sure will inform this new package that you're creating. Yeah, exactly. It's like a building block. And I think ideally we're probably going to have three levels of subscription. So um, the basic one, a silver one and a gold one that type of model, which is basically how most subscription packages are offered in the marketplace, like whether it be software or other type of service-based subscription packages. Yeah, definitely. That's always a good pricing strategy, I say. Phil, the question I always like to finish on is what advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently? Sure. So I would think about what is currently being offered in the market and then thinking of coming up with a solution to either 
a niche, you could either focus on a niche area and come up with a solution that's bespoke to that niche and market to that niche so you can basically come up with a product that's going to satisfy the problem for that niche market. Um, or you could go down the general path and come up with a, a solution that satisfies um, a legal issue across multiple industries. So I guess there's the, the two approaches that you can take in terms of starting a law firm and focusing what kind of products you can come up with that are innovative and different and then using that as your unique selling point when you do your marketing to get the attention of either that niche or the the general target market that you're going after. So you're saying to niche either to a specific industry or to a specific problem and tackle that problem across multiple industries? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's normally my last question, but I want to dig a bit deeper on this niche on this niche idea. So let's just steal a couple more minutes. Why do you say that niching is so important? Niche marketing is you basically can maximise the value of your marketing spend because you're able to customise your marketing in a particular way which is going to get the attention of the niche and get more traction. So I think niche marketing has become basically, you know, quite important for firms who want to focus on a particular industry because they need to fully understand the complexities of that industry so that they can present themselves as experts in that industry. So that's the type of positioning that you would need to do in order to attract more of that clients in that niche, establishing yourself as a leading expert in that niche, basically. Absolutely. Is this something that was reinforced to you through your digital marketing MBA? Yeah. 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 There's definitely a lot of lessons learned through that course. And one of them was, yeah, customize your marketing to target certain niches that have specific problems in their industry or in their business. Yeah. And I, I think it's a perfect point that actually ties in really nicely to where we've begun this conversation because it really highlights the importance of digital marketing in a modern law firm is being able to know who it is your customers are and understand their problems and be able to exactly as you say position yourself in a way that shows that you are the expert and you're able to help them and so it ties us back nicely to where we began with your experience in your other businesses helping you to create what you've created now at Open Legal. Yeah it does tie in quite well so yeah thanks for your time today Lucy I really appreciate it. Thank you it's been lovely chatting. Definitely. And hopefully we can do another chat in a few years and we can talk about, you know, our software platforms that have exploded internationally and taken over the world. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, deal. (laughs) We can hold each other accountable to that. (laughs) Cool. Excellent. Thank you, Phil. Such a pleasure, Lucy. Take care and have a great weekend. That's all for today's episode of the Doing Law Differently podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do law differently and you're looking for some guidance and inspiration to help you along the way, then get your hands on my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life. You can get it on my website, lucydickens.com.au forward slash book or on Amazon or Booktopia where you'll also find the ebook versions too. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast and be sure to tell your friends and let other people know too. 
Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.